Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for August 5th, 2018. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, To Me. Is Jesus the only way to me? Yes. But what about to you? Of course, my unequivocal resounding yes could be in part due to the fact that I was raised in the Bible Belt of the South by Christian parents in a culture that respected the Christian path as normative. Do you think that might have something to do with it? Had I been raised in Tibet with the Dalai Lama as my guide, I wonder if Jesus would be my way, much less the only way. Had I been raised in the streets of Varanasi, India, one might presume a Hindu influence might have led me through the path of Vishnu or Krishna to attain access to God and not Jesus at all. Or perhaps if I had been raised in Jerusalem, going to the Wailing Wall, just on the women's side, of course, to offer my Shabbat prayers, then perhaps Jesus would be nothing more than a prophet and a teacher, a rabbi extraordinaire to me, but not the way. And had I been raised in a Muslim family, my path would have been centered upon Muhammad, to which I would have to now say, peace be upon him. But someone asked for a sermon surrounding the question, is Jesus the only way? To me, yes. The statement is posed in specific response to Thomas, who had asked Jesus a pretty important question. It's Jesus' final discourse, and he's trying to make very clear how all of this will come together in the end probably most often heard at funerals, do not let your hearts be troubled. In God's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you kind of thing? And Thomas, being so needy for details and specifics, and as I said when I read the text, Jesus said, and you know the place where I'm going, not And you know the place where I'm going? And Thomas, and Jesus says to Thomas's question, how will we know how to get there? How will we be able to find you, Jesus? Where are you going? We don't know the way. And Jesus says to him, Thomas, You know I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through me. This is one of the most often quoted passages of Scripture, not just at funerals, but it also has a very evangelical approach, and it's pretty exclusionary when quoted as we most often hear it. And here's how we most often hear it. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through me. But that's not exactly what the text says. And maybe I'm being a little nitpicky, 
But it says that Jesus says to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through me. This was the word for Thomas, one of the ones that had known Jesus best and loved him most, one of the ones that had given his whole life to him as one of the 12 that quit job and left family to follow in the literal footsteps of Jesus during his ministry. And Jesus said to him, to Thomas, what Thomas already knew, that Jesus was the way, Jesus was the truth, Jesus was Thomas's whole life. The way to God for Thomas was Jesus. And Jesus said to him what Jesus has said to me. Jesus is my way. Jesus is my truth. Jesus is my whole life. Is Jesus the only way? To me, yes. He's the only way I've ever known. He's the only way I've ever taught my sons and countless other youth and children across 25 years of ordained ministry. He's the only way that I can best and most accurately speak of God. He is the only message I can preach. Jesus is the only way to me. Does that then necessarily mean that Jesus is the only way, period? Well, I'd have to say no. I grew up with a heavy burden. I have realized now that my sons, who are practically grown and almost out on their own, that I've given them a huge gift that was not given to me when I was growing up. Our gift to them is that they have not been burdened or concerned for people's eternal souls like I was growing up. Our gift to them is that they have not been burdened and concerned for people's eternal souls like I was growing up. I felt so horrible for people who were going to burn in hell because they didn't know Jesus. Of course, I had never met a Jewish person or a Muslim. I'd never even heard of Baha'i to be worried about them. Hindus were among the people for whom I was anxious, though none of those kind lived in my little South Carolina town. I took world religions in college. It just opened my eyes to even more people that needed my fervent prayers that they might come to know Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life because no one comes to God except through Jesus so that they wouldn't burn in the fires of hell forever. <laughs> Do you understand the burden of a childhood and teenage years with that? That's a lot of people in the world to condemn to hell because I understood that Jesus was the only way for everybody, period. I'm so glad that of all the burdens that our sons will have to carry from their raising, that's not one of them. They have had dinners with Jewish rabbis, they have entertained Muslims in our home, they have met imams and had conversations with Hindus, they have claimed the way of Jesus for themselves when they walked through the warm waters of baptism without the burden of worrying about much of the world that do not walk the, their same path to God. 
It may be the best gift we could have given them on their journey of faith to understand that their only path to God may not be the only path to God. Their only path to God may not be the only path to God. Can I say as an aside that I would never have thought I could ever say something like that in a Christian pulpit? And that I have a teeny tiny bit of nausea. <laughs> because I really get that after you've been somewhere for 18 years and you know me, that even if we disagree, you're still going to love me. But you cannot know what it's like to stand here and have to keep preaching after somebody just walked out. And they didn't walk out to the bathroom. I could tell by the way they walked out. As soon as I said, do I think Jesus is the only way, period. And I said, no, he left. So, you know, that's just a little something. For many Christians, this is heresy. So I'm grateful that I'm free to say it. One never knows what the next step of the faith journey will be until we take the steps. When we arrived at Park Road in 2000, we had very little interfaith experience. We thought we were liberal because we were so ecumenical. Somewhere along the way, in this piece of our journey, our lives have intersected not just with the ecumenical world, but with the interfaith community in ways that have changed me forever. And I will tell you that there is nothing Nothing has ever strengthened my Christian faith more than my interaction among people of different faiths. My Jesus way, my Jesus truth, my Jesus life is stronger because I know as friends so many people who follow a different path to God. My Jesus way and my Jesus truth and my Jesus life is more committed now that I've been a part of the Interfaith Thanksgiving Service Planning Committee. My Christian devotion is more sound because of sharing meals with many people of other faiths. My devotion to Jesus and my Christian roots and my Christian presence is more profound because I serve on a ministerial staff with a Jewish organist and choir director. Now get this, the Jewish organist, choir director, and colleague just returned from Jerusalem where he thinks he wants to live one day, but we know better. <laughs> he brought me two gifts from his Jewish Holy Land based on my sermon two weeks ago about women in the Bible where I quoted the Hail Mary. Now please note that his Jewish Holy Land is my Christian Holy Land and atop both of those two holy lands sits the Dome of the Rock, which is the pinnacle of the Holy Land for Muslims. Is Jesus the only way for everybody, period? It doesn't feel like it when you're in the Holy Land. He brought me, Monty brought me a Madonna, mother and child statue, and a rosary. Two very Christian and very Catholic gifts for a Protestant Baptist preacher woman. Sometimes my head just spins with the creative goodness of God. My 15-year-old self and my 20-year-old self would be overcome with worry about my 52-year-old self. 
she would be praying for me hard. <laughs> and yet all these years later, when I'm asked the question, is Jesus the only way? My answer remains, yes. To me, he is. But in a section of John's gospel that precedes this, I'm the way, the truth, the truth, and the life, no one comes to God except through me passage, Jesus is trying to use a very common job to describe how this whole thing works, this whole God-Jesus thing works. I've never met a sheep herder, and I've never met a shepherd, but when Jesus made this analogy, everyone would have totally gotten it. Jesus presents himself as a good shepherd who risks his life for his sheep. And in this section, Jesus acknowledges that he has other sheep that do not belong to this fold. Now, admittedly, Jesus' desire is for there to one day be one flock, one shepherd, that all might be one, living in peace and harmony forever and ever. Amen. But as one commentator noted, too many interpreters of this verse see it as an evangelism verse. But Jesus plainly says that the sheep from the other fold are already his sheep. And it is he who will lead and bring them. He is not commissioning the other sheep to go get the other sheep. That's a Jesus job. It's not about making them good sheep or sheep that belong to Jesus. The emphasis is about gathering various flocks into one flock with one shepherd. And too many readers and proclaimers of this verse seem to assume that their own location is the right location and that all of the other flocks are the ones that need to make a move. Another commentator presses this issue when she says, what does it mean to be a sheep of Jesus' flock? It means that we enter through his gate, we know his voice and we follow him, he cares for us, keeping us safe, and when we wander away, which we know we will all do too often, he comes searching for us. And these are wonderful and comforting images, but this passage includes one other challenging thought. The good shepherd decides who is in the sheepfold, we do not. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. The Pharisees and the disciples alike thought that they knew who were the chosen ones of God. But this shepherd is telling them and telling us that there will be one flock, one shepherd, and it is God in Jesus through the Holy Spirit, not we, who bring together the flock. Which makes me think about the people in Tibet. And I wonder if God is bringing the flock together there through Buddha. And it makes me think about India, and I wonder if God is bringing the flock together there through Vishnu. And it makes me think about Shalom Park right here in Charlotte. And I wonder if God is bringing the flock together there through the teachings of the Torah. When I went to India, I told this story before, and met with a Hindu holy man through a translator, and he was saying to me, so you have three paths to God he knew about the Trinity. You have three paths to God. I said, no, we just have one path to God, it's Jesus. And he kept talking, and, kept, and finally I said, okay, there are three paths to God, there are three paths to God. <laughs> and he said, we have 330 million paths to God. 
Isn't it wonderful that we all are moving toward God? Isn't that beautiful? In the famous book-turned-movie, The Shack, where God is imagined as a feisty black woman, there is an exchange between the main character and Jesus. It goes like this. Jesus says, remember, the people who know me are the ones who are free to live and love without any agenda. And the man asked, is that what it means to be a Christian? It sounded kind of stupid as Max said it, but it was how he was trying to sum everything up in his mind. And Jesus said, who said anything about being a Christian? I'm not a Christian. The idea struck Mac as odd and unexpected, and he couldn't, have, couldn't keep himself from grinning. No, I suppose you're not. They arrived at the door of the workshop. Again, Jesus stopped. Those who love me come from every system that exists. They were Buddhists or Mormons, Baptists or Muslim, Democrats, Republicans, and many who don't vote and are not a part of any Sunday morning religious institution. I have followers who were murderers and many who were self-righteous. Some were bankers and bookies, Americans and Iraqis, Jews and Palestinians. I have no desire to make them Christian, but I do want to join them in their transformation into sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. I want to join them in their transformation into my beloved. Does that mean, asked Mac, that all roads will lead to you? Not at all, Jesus laughed as he reached the door handle to his shop. Most roads don't lead anywhere. What it does mean is that I will travel any road to find you. Is Jesus the only way the only answer I can give for 100% certainty, and you don't even have to call it faith, you can call this fact. Jesus is the only way to me. That I am sure of. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, grace to trust him more. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. 
Grace and peace to you.